Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we create a movie based on a random prompt from the internet. I'm joined by three very talented industry professionals. Our writer, Jacob Golver, who is the historical consultant on Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Very uh, much so. Our director, Michael Crafting, who directed all the scenes in Rogue One that got cut out. Shame. Just a, just a waste of my time. And our producer, Kyle Decker, who is the only producer who remembered that the Triple X franchise existed. I, you know, I just love me some Xander Cage. Like, I cannot believe people are not in as much into snowboarding machine gun fights as me. That's just mind-boggling. Also, Michael, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to nerd out on you for a moment. That gag reel that you released in, inside Hollywood of just the nonstop James Earl Jones, Darth Vader dad jokes. Amazing. Some of your finest work. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I just can't believe they cut that straight out. I thought oh, it was I mean, pure genius. Well, they kept that one about choking in, so... Well, I mean... Yeah, they had to Yeah, keep but there were so fun. many more. It was like a 17-minute cut. Well, Continuous. It, w- it was like The Revenant, but with dad jokes. It was a masterpiece. <laughs> it is one of my finer works. Yeah. Sorry to disrupt. I'm just like, oh. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in awe in my presence here, working with one of my dreamless people here. All right. So while you two nerd out, your prompt is, the theme of the story is a lighthearted mystery. The main character is a materialistic treasure hunter. The major event of the story, training. So I've been, I've been working on this story for a while. It's something that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the world is ready for, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. So I want to do a story about um, a puppet. And I'm not talking about, like, uh, a human who is, like, dressed as a puppet. I'm talking about, like, a puppet. It doesn't have, like, a, a human controlling it. It's not part of... It's not, it's not being controlled, essentially. I want this puppet to be kind of, like, filled with this, like, youthful energy and adventure that we all had as kids, and it kind of represents us in that sense. And this puppet is a treasure hunter because the puppet loves history. I'm going to call the puppet Sam. I, I'm open to gender. doesn't matter to me, really, in the context of the story. Sam goes on this adventure to try and, you know, find some more purpose and, you know, prove prove his or her value as a member of society to try and build some kind of, you know, life, life for him or herself. And as the adventure progresses, it's going to become more and more clear that Sam has become, like, obsessed with that pursuit. So he or she becomes more materialistic. He or she becomes more greedy. And it's sort of like a, a metaphor for the world as a whole. Like, we, we lose our innocence, we become darker as we grow older, we become more cynical, more jaded, more empty. And at the end of the film, Sam is no longer a puppet. Sam is a person. So it's this kind of journey that shows our, our progression and how we lose our youthful innocence and how we lose our, our drive as we grow older. So what I would like to do with that, I kind of want sort of like a, 
a jump from place to place. And so maybe we'll start in like Egypt because that's kind of like the classic treasure hunter location. But I also want to do like some South America and maybe somewhere in, you know, like the Himalayas or somewhere, somewhere in Asia with like cool mountains. Maybe we'll do something in like the Swiss Alps or, you know, in the fjords or something like that. I kind of want it to go from place to place. And each time we go to a new place, we learn a little bit more. We kind of see the progression of the character. Um, I think Sam should have kind of like a group of people who back him or her and their reactions and their interactions with Sam will kind of shape the way that the, the story goes. So that's kind of my idea, and I think um, that could be the, the way we want to go with this, this character and with this story. Do you have a title? I'm going to call this a Pursuit. All right. So uh, the script for Pursuit is being passed on to our director. And reading through it, reading through it, how are you going to take this? Well, when I hear puppets, the first thing that I think of is being John Malkovich. And what I want to do is get Philip Huber. He was the marionettist that did the, all the work for, for being John Malkovich. I want him on this job. That's, that's be all and all. That's, that's it. If we can't get him, we just have to scrap this project. That's, that's the one caveat that I've got. I feel like the, the marionette must look like Nicolas Cage, because I hear Treasure Hunter, I think Nicolas Cage. And I know that's what America thinks too. And by gum, if we don't use Nicolas Cage as the likeness for this marionette, then I don't know what, what, what we would do. Now, in terms of the setting for this, I feel like we can get away with a lot of green screen work. Putting this, as you would say, marionette before the green screen, you can then travel to all these locations that we, we, we would need in the script without having to do all the work of bringing the, the marionette out into these climate that's, they're not controlled. Marionettes need, need, a, need a controlled climate. I did a lot of work, as you can tell, researching on, on puppets itself, and, and I feel marionettes are the way to go. Raw puppets might work. Shadow puppets are outright. You couldn't use a shadow puppet for this. It just The translation to the screen would not work. Regardless, uh, I do feel uh, that Philip Huber is the way to go, and that's, that's, that's what, I, what I deeply feel for, for casting that. Now, for the other... Actors, we didn't really get into to very much. There, there was like this sort of inspirational, like like uh, like sidekick, uh, sort of training montage. I think Shia LaBeouf would be great as the uh, sidekick to Nicolas Cage's puppet. Uh, whether that's a real Shia LaBeouf or like an animatronic one, I'm not sure. But, he is very uh, motivating. Yes. So, and there's, there's a nice age difference between the two of them. I think their chemistry would work fabulous. And that's, that's what I feel would make this movie just sing. All right. And just to be sure, um, so you, I, I, you want the puppet to look like Nicolas Cage. Do you want Nicolas Cage to voice the puppet also? Of course. All right. Just making sure. All right. So, Kyle, uh, you have some of the plans that they're working on for Pursuit. You, you as producer are being brought in to figure out where to take this. All right, team. Here, I'm just totally on board with this film. Everything. Nicolas Cage, robot Shia LaBeouf, all green screen. You name it. Like, you know, I already said I was a big fan of the director here. 
we got some problems. The green screen is still in. I'm a huge fan of George Lucas and Peter Jackson. I mean, those guys just basically just masturbate green screen all over their films, at least their most recent films. But we're not going to make the same mistakes of them and just doing everything in green screen. We're actually going to put some people in and all. We have run into some problems. Robotic Shia LaBeouf has uh, gained sentience and has gone in a killing spree on the West Coast, and currently the National Guard is after him. So, uh, unfortunately, we're going to axe that out. But I've got a great solution for Nicolas Cage's sidekick, David Boreanaz. If there's a great episode of Angel where he gets turned into a puppet, and I think he can really draw from that experience, and we're going to have him play a puppet as well. So the whole movie is going to have these two men turned into puppets going on the adventure. We're going to have a Nicolas Cage puppet and a David Boreanaz puppet. But they need a companion that kind of roots these puppets in the real world. And also we can't have just all dudes in this film because that's just, you know. They're going to have a guy that kind of is going to be a scientist who's investigating why they've been turned into puppets and everything. Exploring these claims of the scientist is like interested on how human skin can turn into felt and various other things. Uh, and we're going to have her played by Lupita Nyong'o uh, as our lead. You can come up with a name for the character, I don't care, but we need to we need to have that female character kind of balance out the sausage fest and have the human character to play off the puppets. Nicolas Cage is all down for this. He has a new acting method called Primal Hensening, where he paints himself in green and puts googly eyes on his forehead. And he just completely, as he says, imbibes the puppet. And so he's he, he was doing this before he signed on to this movie. He just started doing it. So when we threw this idea, he couldn't, like, wait to jump on it. He's kind of freaked out the crew because he keeps putting googly eyes on everything. So he's kind of gotten out of control there. But he says it works for his new method. So we're just going to go with it and let Nick be Nick and just rein him in. Uh, David Boreanaz, you know they're on, like, their 12th season of Bones like, we're able to pull him away from that show, luckily. Like, he's like, you know, maybe a dozen years on one cop procedural is enough. So we pulled him away. So Nicholas Gage, I, he doesn't have to wear pants, which is great because he's a puppet on screen. We'll just keep him in a sound booth somewhere and let him finger paint or whatever he does all he wants and he'll be safe. We also need to build a bunker to protect us from the Shia LaBeouf robot because I think he's thirsty for blood now and he's coming for us since we created him. Oh, a budget of $35 million. All right. So, Jacob, so your script has been approved. You have these very talented people working on it. So, what would you like to make some changes now? or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going in the right direction, but I have some concerns. Nicolas Cage is too old to play Sam. This is like a coming-of-age story. This is young adult going into adulthood. Did he come of the age for. of 80? I don't think that's that's going to work for this, this character unless Nicolas Cage can pull... Some, some acting talent out of his ass that I have not seen from him since Raising Arizona. So I don't know if that's going to work. I mean, it's ultimately your decision, but that kind of is a little bit at odds with me. David Boreanaz and Lupita Nyong'o, fantastic choices for co-conspirators. Shia Buff, less so. I think if we if we get I mean, it wasn't actually Shia LaBeouf, it was just it was a real project. Yeah, I mean, honestly, sure. it was a cyborg. But I mean, if if you want to hire somebody to voice Sam, I think Shia LaBeouf could do that because he's he's not really human anymore. But I think if we get like one take out of him where he is human, then we could like put him you know at the end. That would be great. So he would be kind of that like weird unnatural feeling at the beginning, and then we would empathize and slowly he would become more human towards the end. I don't know. Just just spit spitballing here. Two puppets? This movie is about Sam and how Sam becomes human from a puppet. Like, if there's two puppets, that doesn't make any sense. If I've learned anything in my long years on this earth, 
is that we need to empathize with the people on screen and you cannot put yourself inside two people at once, if you know what I mean. So we just want to empathize with Sam. We want to see the other characters interact. That's kind of the, the way that I'm going. I don't think there can be a second puppet or else this thing doesn't work. In terms of the story, what I would like is, you know, maybe maybe David Boreanaz and Peter Nyong'o occasionally show up with these events and they are doing this. And as the story goes on, we learn that they are benefiting from the financial rewards gained by Sam's adventures. So they're they're setting themselves up as like benefactors, people helping Sam, but behind the scenes they're raking in the cash that Sam is putting in the hard work for. So that's like discovering that and coming to terms with that is part of Sam's journey to becoming a human. That's kind of what I'm seeing as that uh, that storyline. I think that at the end, David Boreanaz should uh, backstab them and should try and kill Sam and Lupita Nyong'o takes him out. So that would be pretty cool. That would be like a very real and brutal moment at the end of like a, a lighthearted, you know, romp. I think that would be fun. You know, death. Death is fun. I think that would be a, a great way to, to end the bastard. You know what I mean? All right. So you've gotten some very angrily written notes as you were on set from your writer. So how are you going to interpret this requests? I understand. And I, I had a conversation with Nicholas Cage. And it's just not working out. It's just not working out. So I went with our backup, which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And I feel like he's he's uh, got the same intensity that Cage provides, but but the youthfulness is there, and uh, I feel like that he is who we need at this time. He's not who we deserve, but he is who we need at this time. That is the why I reached out to to him. Fortunately, uh, I am proud to announce he has agreed to sign on for about half price of Nicholas Cage. So that's great. Oh, that's just marvelous. I feel as though two puppets is just right. I feel if we go any further than two, then we start reaching Muppet land, and that could be a whole thing with the Jim Henson Foundation that we just don't want to have to deal with. But two, two is enough. Two, two by two. Uh, the, there's two. Uh, two is a, a. It's a good number. It's a nice hard. One is the loneliest number. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one, but it's two, so it's not it's not one. One is just it's two two one two one two few puppets, I feel. And we're talking about marionettes here, so someone's got to be pulling the strings, and it's gonna be me. I'm pulling the strings as the director of this. So I feel that I should be able to say who can pull the strings of whomever we have. But we're going to have to edit those strings out in post because I don't want people to see the strings and know that they're puppets. But they need to know they're puppets, so maybe a shoddy job of them so you maybe see a couple of strings here or there. I don't know. Maybe we just leave the strings in. Ooh. Like, there's a film that was done in 2007 called Strings. It was all puppets. And the strings that they had from their heads and their bodies connected to, it's great. You should look it up. I think it was 2007, regardless. I did my research on puppets. All right. So as he continues to talk about puppets, Kyle, you're getting brought in to... Well, so this production has caused a whole slew of problems. So uh, what's the Shia LaBeouf casting? We cast him, right? 
It was a great cast. Uh, we got uh, the yeah. voice. Uh, he agreed to do a voice yeah. appearance. There's a, there's a problem with that. So when he got fired from this film, Nicolas Cage had a meltdown that was epic by even Nicolas Cage standards. Bad publicity is great and, for us. And and he went and, and joined robotic Shia LaBeouf, and they created a robot cult on the West Coast. Uh, Nicolas Cage has actually replaced his femur with a piston from a 57 Chevy, and he's, like, gathering followers. It's kind of... Long story short, those are, those are details we don't really need to know, but long story short... Uh, robot Shia LaBeouf and, and Nicolas Cage may have killed the real Shia LaBeouf and now wearing a Shia LaBeouf skin suit. But, like I said, those are details we need not concern ourselves about. They but, killed actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, and then they actually cannibalized him. Ironic, I know. God, uh, but I have I got the cheeseburger kid. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Christopher Mintz police or plas or whatever he's gonna the, yeah the cheeseburger kid oh yes uh, yes uh he's 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 Red gonna missed he, he's gonna step in and play our our lead character do the voice so he's, he's nice he's unassuming people recognize him from super bad it'll be great meanwhile uh the studio has taken precautions to hire bodyguards for all of you in case nicholas cage and and robot shia labeouf want to take their bloody revenge on you be aware from that i've bought an island off of baja and it's called like high end security and everything. I suggest you do the same. I would invite you to come on, but I, I've stopped all shipments. I only get my food shipped to me by Amazon drones now and dropped in my courtyard because a robot cannot accidentally hitch a ride on a drone because the drones aren't big enough. I just like, if you have the money to buy your own island to protect yourself from the robot, Nicholas Cage robot cult invasion. I highly recommend it for your own souls, and if you don't believe in souls, at least for your own skin. Because like if the drones become sentient, you know, I don't know what I'm going to eat now because you literally just scared the crap out of me. Like I'm glad I'm not wearing pants. All right, uh, that's all I got. Uh, I'm signing off and going off on the grid. Good luck with the robot invasion. All right, so I am going to now take uh, what we have so far and plug into the movie machine, which makes the sound effect of something that sounds like the Terminator theme, but isn't. So, <laughs> um... You're such a good person. So, there's some bad news. So, first off, many people were surprised that you were continuing to make this movie, considering all of the problems that were being caused by it. I mean, the robot was one thing, but the fact that your other main actor also joined him, like, put some bad spinning on your film. Normally, that'd be fine, though, good publicity, but for revenge, Nicolas Cage says that they will invade anyone who sees this movie. Like, uh, invade the person? How do you invade a person? Well, I mean, the same way Robot Shia LaBeouf is wearing Shia LaBeouf skin, uh, Nicolas Cage thinks he could wear, like, 500 people if he wanted. Uh, so, there's a bit of problem... However, uh, so movie theaters refuse to show it. However, there's an underground movement. The resistance against the robot invasion um, mm. set up film screenings just as defiance to um, the robot invaders. So you get that popularity. Unfortunately, it turns out that underground uh, invaders, the underground resistance, considering they have a hatred of you know, technology, including and copyright laws, are just pirating the film. Uh, use it as a weapon, so um, you're making no money off of this. So I'm going to give you some time to either think about ways to change this film or come up with a strategy to make money during this threat. Jacob. You guys, I've been prepping for this day for years. I knew that Nicolas Cage would eventually turn on society and 
let me tell you, I'm ready. That's right, underneath my remote home out in the woods in Seattle, Washington, I have been secreting away an enormous hive of Bombus apodi. That's right, the American bumblebee. It is time, Nicolas Cage's one weakness, the bees. I am ready. I will release them if he comes anywhere near my facility. And with enough time, I believe I can breed enough to weaponize them against him. If we can pin down a location, that will happen. In regards to the movie, you know, if we made our money back, cool, whatever. But really, the bees is the important part of this scenario. Because my paranoia over Nicolas Cage's potential uprising knows no bounds. But then again, I guess, you know, Shia LaBeouf was kind of the sort of the wild card in this scenario. I wasn't really expecting him to, like, have a robot cannibalize him. That's a little unusual. I'll have to think of something for that. You know, I hope the movie does well, but, you know, it'll be all right either way. I think I'm, I think I'm okay. Oh, God, it's Shia LaBeouf! No! No! He doesn't have a B weakness. So, is, is he still on the line? Uh, Hello? So, Jacob? So his, uh, private, Jacob. his private studio has been quarantined, so um, he's already taken out one, so we're going to go to our director. How are you going to handle this crisis? Oh, I've already set in motion a series of events which will solve all of our problems. You see, I have built Velociraptors and sent them back in time to sort of just take care of this problem. Like, how far back in time? Like, to the Paleolithic era or just, like, last Tuesday? Oh, like last Tuesday. All right. How are they going to take care of this problem? I mean, don't get me wrong. You managed to clone freaking Velociraptors, but... Uh, I'm assuming, like, the Terminator. I don't know. I just sent them back in with their pre-programmed minds to hunt down Nicolas Cage or, and or Shia LaBeouf. I mean, we're still here talking about this, so clearly... It hasn't had any effect. Or, alternatively, we are living in one time stream, but me sending them back in time has created another time stream where we are not talking about this. I am so confused right now. <laughs> time travel is fucked up, is what I'm saying. Ooh. Gives me an idea. Or a movie, or how to handle... I am sorry, I got sidetracked in my brain. It happens sometimes. No, a uh, Velociraptor puppet. <laughs> I, I guess I could help. All right. So while I question why you're in directing when you know how to clone Velociraptors and build time machines, um, we're going to go on to our producer, Kyle Decker. All right. So turns out now we have a Velociraptor problem. So last Tuesday, a whole bunch of Velociraptors hit the West Coast, and they actually didn't join the Nicolas Cage Shia, Shia LaBeouf army. And they also warned Nicolas Cage about the bees in Seattle, Washington. So Nicolas Cage wore a beekeeper outfit with googly eyes on it, and he was safe from the bees. So things, we've managed to exacerbate things. Like, things are bad. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I mean, things are really bad. But I, I've, on my island, I've installed all regular doorknobs because we know Velociraptors can only do like the little lever doorknob, so at least it will protect me from the Velociraptors. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how to defeat these guys. I, I think there is a way to make some money off of this movie. Let's, let's, let's make, you know, some lemonade here. There's the underground resistance, right? What, what do people in the resistance need? AK-47s. I mean, I need one. You need one. It's the only way we're going to stop Velociraptors and killer cannibal robots. So how about this? The pursuit 
the film branded AK-47s. Like, I got a guy in Romania, those Eastern Bloc countries are, like, they just copy the, the, the AK-47. There's no IP. He's printing out just a whole bunch of, like, they ha- have the logo. They got Christopher Metzpolis' face, like, right on the buttstock. And, and like, you just, like, you're going to make love in it. We already have a, a slogan and everything. So we're going to make some money as arms dealers and hope that the hordes of resistance fighters we send into the breach with their AK-47s can can do the job. All right, so I'm gonna take the new data and put it into our movie machine, which I had to now upgrade to handle quantum timeline calculations. And so your AK-47 sales do pretty well for the first 20 years. You know, a lot of the population is being taken out. Nicolas Cage just getting back at all of his co-stars in every movie. Or Sean Bean. Yeah, for various reasons. He has also taken over Hollywood, has forced them to... He has completely redone the Marvel Cinematic Universe to completely center around Ghost Rider. Uh, So things are bad for 20 years. However, um, as you said, your bees... He has the googly eyes beekeeper suit that protects him and velociraptors won't go against him. However, over time, the bees and velociraptors uh, intermate with each other and create raptor bees... Not belo- Velociraptors. Those those are the offshoot mutants. We don't talk about them though. But the so the raptor bees are actually able to get through his googly eyes and are able to finally take him out. So it takes about after thirty years of horror, uh, finally the threat is taken out, uh, defeated, and your film at that point, The Pursuit, is then as humanity in the centuries to come study this terrible tragedy. Uh, in history classes, they watch this film for context to know how did this happen. And so for centuries to come, people are watching your movie, they're buying your movie, and your movie stands the test of time. Are they able to bring back my shredded corpse so that I can see this this turn of events? Or am I just dead forever? Ironically, they turn you into a robot version of yourself and they start the cycle over again. So, <laughs> they learned nothing from our film. They're damn bastards. They blew it all up. So, while you guys muse on this, uh, we're going to end things with, as always, with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. Hey, batter, batter. Showing batter. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>